everybody. Welcome to another Catholic talk show podcast. We got Father Rich and Ryan Scheel here with us. Good morning. Good morning, guys. It is a good morning. It's yeah. a good morning. Good Sunday morning in Hollywood at the Cast Media Studios, our partner. Love these guys. Uh, we're going to get started on um, the topic today, which is... Uh, the craziest Catholic rules you've never heard of. You're going to love You took this the stuff. words out of my mouth. Right I did. out of your mouth. Jeez. Now, now, a lot of people, when they when they think about the Catholic Church, they think about just the enormity of the amount of rules that the Church has. And a lot of people who are kind of hesitant to really get fully involved with the Church say, "Ah, oh, you guys have so many rules, and there's, you know, it's you know, they're all arbitrary or man-made rules." And it's sometimes kind of a talking point to counter the Church and the rules. But rules are good. Rules allow for the proper operation of a person within a within a certain thing. And I think. You know, in religion and faith, that's there's no difference. That rules are just as important there. And there's something behind them that speaks to the order of what it is that the rule is is accomplishing. And when right? you speak about rules, Ryan, you got like how many? Fifteen kids? Seventeen kids? Uh, there's got to be rules. Is there rules in the Delacrosse house? Yeah, we put them up on the refrigerator, but they can't read yet. So. <laughs> So it's Father not Rich, working out very well. They're not law-abiding <laughs> citizens of your house. Father Rich, you stayed at the Delacrosse household. Oh, so yeah. I, it is a lawless land. It is <laughs> a lawless the land. The wild, wild west. So we're going to talk about these rules, uh, not the ones on my uh, on my refrigerator, but... Uh, yeah, so but, we're going to talk about a couple really cool things. So we're going to talk about... Um, there's only one of the rules. There's only seven women in the world who are allowed to wear white when meeting the Pope. Hmm. hmm. What happens if you wear white on accident? What does the Pope do? Get out of here. Shames you. What are you doing? In front of everybody. You're horrible. You're you ever seen the movie? White and you're coming to see me? Oh, damn. You. you ever see the movie Roadhouse? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, Swayze is that doing Swayze? Some, yeah. yeah, doing sweet roundhouse yeah. kicks. Oh, yeah. Francis can do those too. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what and happens. And his like, cape flies around when he does it. It's like the roundhouse. And in the process, in Italian, he says, give it the boot. <laughs> it's like a big boot right in your face. Roadhouse. Oh, yeah. Papa boot. So we're also going to talk about the obscure rule that allows a person to ride a horse in St. Peter's without any fear of reprisal. Wow. We're going to talk about why when the Pope dies, they hit him in the head with a hammer. <laughs> That's absurd. In That's the head. Um, we're going to talk about why during Lent, there's certain animals that you can eat that you would never guess that you're allowed to eat, although you probably wouldn't want to. Like on mm. Fridays? Yeah. Oh, where are they? Yeah. Mm. Well, it's like probably these. penitential if it's not something you want to eat. Yeah, it's yeah you can eat this. No, it's like gross. a real gamey hog. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're not going to like these. You do not want to eat those things. So then yeah. we're also going to talk about why, uh, what the specifications are and the, the rules that you have to be able to um, adhere to to become a member of the Swiss Guard. And then mm. we're also going to talk about a very obscure rule that puts a specific Catholic bishop in charge of the moon. Whoa. Yeah. Fly me to the moon. Fly me to the moon. Yeah. I want to wake up where you are. Oh, man. You're just so good with that. Oh, man. Yeah, I love yeah. it. You're so good with that. We got to have another podcast episode where it's just Father Rich singing. Oh, yeah. I just love it. You got to have a little music mm. in your heart, you know? It's the bounce of the soul. Yeah, man. man. All right. Do you guys want to get started? Let's do yeah. it, man. All right. What are we doing first? So we're, first, we're going to talk about the only seven women in the world who are allowed to wear white when meeting the Pope. Hmm. And my mother's not one of them. Is it, before you start, is there a traditional color you there wear is. when you meet the Pope? The, so when you meet the Pope, um, women wear all black garments when meeting the Pope. They have to um, really have a, a level of, of 
modesty, no exposed shoulders. Yeah. The dresses have to be a certain length. Um, they have to wear a black mantilla. Hmm. Men are expected to wear a dark colored suit with a dark tie. Interesting. Um, Padre, you've met, you've met a Pope. I have. And what did you have to wear? I was wearing a, a suit and a tie. Oh. And yeah, yeah. This yeah. was when I was, a, I was just before entering the seminary. I was working as a youth director and I went on pilgrimage with the Paris Santa Maria del Mar and went into the Paul VI Hall and met John Paul II. And one of his oh, last man, audiences, awesome. really, it was an amazing wow. experience. That's right. Now, if you were um, there now as a priest, you'd have to wear a cassock. Oh, a cassock. Absolutely. Every priest, when they're meeting the Pope, has to wear a cassock. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, even, and this is really formal meeting. This is very formal. Meeting, yeah. So right. we're, this isn't like the general audience because right. you're thinking, hold on, white. I uh, went to the Vatican. I went yeah. there at St. Peter's and I saw that general audience mm. and all of those brides. Up that's front, when you have a, that's when you have white. a private or a formal audience with the Pope right. himself. Not if you're running out and grabbing a pizza with Frankie, which, you know, you could wear, which is a Columbia shirt <laughs> or, or a papal seal a shirt. Papal that, seal shirt. Which, by the way, with the little plaid. If you want to get these, these are on store.youthcatholic.com, and you can get this one. It's available. That's nice. Yeah, I that's like the this shirt. Keys of Saint Peter, man. That's proud of you. Proud of it. Yeah, you got bro. a mantilla in that pocket. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you put it on and put it on your head? <laughs> no, so, yeah, it's good. It's a good distinction to make for the listeners. It is. Most of them are never going to have an audience mm -hmm. with the Pope. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I'm not going to have one. Yeah. So there's a lot of formality. Okay. He might be listening in right now. That's right. Say, I really like that Ryan De La Croce. He's got some great commentary. I'll never see the Pope. Papa Francesco, if you're I'm listening. Never see him. If you're listening and you want to send an invitation, yes, we'll yeah. take it. Oh, for sure. We can work it into our schedule. Yeah. All right. So, so I mean, even when you know heads of states or 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 royalty of countries, they adhere to this this code. Yeah. When the Queen of England goes, she wears all black and a black yeah. mantle. Katy Perry, she wore black. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was one of the articles yeah, on you, Catherine. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's where we're going with this, Katy Perry. No, I mean, I, I of recent memory, I remember seeing that 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 she wore black. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, that's, that's all. That's what happens. Because, I mean, I wasn't around when the Queen of England did it. I mean, in the most recent state visit, uh, uh, President Trump and Melania, they, they mm -hmm. adhered to it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, when so President white. Obama and Michelle Obama went, they adhered to it. When President Bush and uh, Laura Bush went, they adhered to it. They all wear black, right? Are there people outside the Vatican selling black things just in case you forgot? You there's know, carts. Like, street, it's like street carts. Oh, yeah, yeah, street carts. No, you there's a private audience. You're going to need this black stuff. Mm -hmm. There's yeah. a, there's a, a Vatican target. It's all in Latin. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, interesting note, um, Vatican City, in case you do have to buy some black garments from, you know, one of the street vendors, Vatican yeah. City is the only country in the world where the ATMs are in Latin. Hmm. That's pretty cool. It's true inside the Vatican. That's right. Can you change it to English? Because I'm going to need to do that. <laughs> yeah, you are. So anyway, so the seven women in the world who are allowed to wear white, it's called the privilege du blanc. Mm. And it's a privilege, meaning that they do not have to wear black when meeting the Pope. And they get the privilege of wearing the white, which is, you know, in Catholic symbology is a, a symbol of purity. And that is given by the Pope to reigning Catholic princesses or queens. Mm. They are the only ones who are allowed to wear it. Are there any more princesses out there? Oh anymore? yeah, there is. Really? So basically, that if you were the if you are a female Catholic monarch, you are allowed to wear white while meeting the Pope. So Queen Sophia of Spain, uh, she's the her husband ascended to the throne in 1975. She's allowed to wear white when meeting the Pope. Uh, and actually, the the Queen of Spain was the first one to get the privilege du blanc um, back in you know the 1400s. 16th. Oh, 1400s. Right. 
Uh, Queen Paola of the Belgians, she's allowed to wear it. Is this more like tradition or yes. is it really a privilege? Like, it's a privilege because there's only women who are Catholic, female monarchs are allowed to wear it. Hmm. Uh, Maria Theresa, the Duchess of Luxembourg, the Princess of Monaco, the uh, Queen of Belgium, Queen Letizia of Spain, the Princess of Naples. I thought I was about to say Queen Latifah. I thought the same Queen Latifah. <laughs> We're on the same Queen wavelength, Latifah. right? She can now wear this, white. This is a shocker. Queen Latifah, she's allowed to go in there rocking white, and she does. So. Now, <laughs> she rocks it well, man. I love that lady. Now, there's one There's one Catholic queen. <laughs> she's the one that rides the horse in. She does. In white. Yeah. And it's a white horse. <laughs> I think in our private audience, we really need to ask the Pope if we can commission a painting of Queen Latifah riding a horse while wearing <laughs> right in the Vatican. <laughs> we'll put it yes. in the archives. Oh, yes. They hang it up in the Paul VI, uh, you know. Queen Latifah. If you're, <laughs> we're in Hollywood, Queen. Call us. Yeah, we want you at this table, Queen Latifah. Yes, That's yes. right. Come on in. We you can wear pony. white around us. It's cool. <laughs> pony in the penthouse. <laughs> so there's one Catholic monarch who's not allowed to wear white because uh, that's Queen Maxima of the Netherlands, and she's a Catholic monarch. So what's the what's the deal on that? Well, she married uh, Willem Alexander, the king of the Netherlands, but he is a Protestant. Ah. So since they do not have a Catholic Catholic marriage, they have a disparate a cultus of disparity. Mm. She is not allowed to wear white. So those are the only seven women in the world who are allowed to wear white when meeting the Pope. Pretty wow. cool. That is pretty cool. Pretty interesting. It is interesting. I mean, it hasn't given life to me or anything, but yeah, you know. That's because you can't wear. <laughs> A mantilla, Ryan. <laughs> so you guys have both been in the Vatican. Mm -hmm. yep. How'd you get there? Plane. 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 Train. Yeah. Train. Automobile. Rock a horse and ride up into the oh, Vatican. Dude. I was on a horse one time in my life and I urinated myself. <laughs> <laughs> I did. It was last I week. Uh, me and Queen Latifah were taking a stroll through the hills. <laughs> and I was just so excited. <laughs> we saw the Hollywood sign. <laughs> no, it was bad. It was a polo horse and the guy... He asked the people if he ran if they ran them because they're usually tired and they don't yeah. want man, this thing just took off, man. And I couldn't get it to stop. And it was crazy. Yeah. So when you're on this horse, can you you ride it into okay. St. Peter's? So there, there's why a, would you want to do that in the first place? Why would you not Dude, want I would to do totally that? Totally want to do that. Dude, you know how good the story is? Like, yeah. Oh my oh, gosh. let me tell you a story about the time I rode a horse in St. Peter's. Dude, that's that's an icebreaker. I would love yeah. to process in for mass. You know, with one of the ancient hymns being sung like on top of a horse. You know what I mean? Like hop off the horse and go celebrate mass. So there That's is liturgically horrible. But no, anyways. It's a procession. <laughs> it's a procession. So there is five orders of papal knighthood. There's five of them. These now these are going back, you know, centuries, right? Mm -hmm. Um, three of these specific papal orders of knights are allowed as part of their you know, charter to ride a horse in the St. Peter's. Malta's got to be one of them. It's not. It's not? No. <gasps> so. Knights of Columbus. Bam. Boom. No. Even if you're a fourth degree knight. What about on. the head knight, the supreme knight? Yeah. So the, the no. order of no. St. Sylvester and the papal order of St. Gregory the Great, they are allowed. Now, these are honorific titles. They're not out there with, you know, sword and smote and dragons. <laughs> like St. George, my oh, patron. Oh, I love St. George. That's yeah. Ryan George, that's my middle name. I didn't know that. That's, that's awesome. true. Yeah. So it's completely honorific, and it doesn't really come with any responsibilities. Um, but one of the things that it does allow you to do is, and this is directly out of um, the, the charter, it's uh, the members have no privileges beyond wearing a decoration which consists of a gold enameled cross with the image of St. Sylvester on one side and the other side the inscription, 
and they are allowed to enter St. Peter's on horseback with a saber. That's pretty cool. Wow. That's like a lightsaber? Cool. Lightsaber. <gasps> Luke, they, I am your father. Now, it doesn't actually, I don't think you can ride in on a tauntaun. <laughs> Use your lightsaber, cut We're them geeking open. out Star Wars. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. That is so cool. So if you ever want to ride, if you ever want to ride a horse in St. Peter's and, you know, like the, like the other half lives, you got to join the order of St. Sylvester or St. Gregory. I'm going to sign up tomorrow. There was a Parisian chapel that I came across just walking around praying the rosary number of years ago. And during Christmas, they actually bring in all of these animals from, from the outskirts of Paris and all of these parishioners come in and they have a living nativity scene inside of the church. Wow. And it's incredible. Those are popular. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah. they're very, very popular. And inside of a church. The way that it's tucked in, though, it's like this little itty-bitty chapel, and it's attended so well. People huh. come from all over the place to come in and, and to see this. Yeah. And um, I still remember that, you know, and they have pictures of it. It was a beautiful experience. Now, nice. now, one group that you suspect would be able to ride a horse in St. Peter's but is not able to, or probably unless of a dire emergency would be the Swiss guard. The Swiss guard, yeah. yeah. That's right. Now, you know, there's some very specific rules and regulations on who can join the Swiss guard. Do you guys yeah. know this? Yeah. Is Ryan be- fit? Is he able? Ryan? Nah, I'm sorry. Sorry, sit down. Nah, sit you are down. not Swiss guard material. Are you flexing right yeah, now? Yeah, he's trying to get all swole on us. It's not, that's, that's not one of them. You trying to flex on us, bro? For all you listeners that, that on, on YouTube, you can catch that. You know, <laughs> let, me, let, you, let me know. That'd be you viewers know? on YouTube, and they're the ones watching you get all swole on us. I was talking to the listeners of the podcast, letting them know that they could see that on YouTube. Oh, if you think Ryan Delacrosse right now is able and fit. Comment below. Comment below. If you believe he could do it. Do you just want me to stand the rest of the podcast? Yes. Okay. <laughs> You're just so no, tough. No, seriously, I know. I know a former Swiss Swiss guard. Do you really, Andreas Widmer? He's oh, wow. he's one of our clients in uh, it's Catholic University. Catholic University, and Great you know, guy, huge, six six, six a very size. giant, intimidating giant. man. Some of those guys are very intimidating. Yeah, I yeah. didn't know Swiss people got that big. Oh, he's. You know, that's actually one of the requirements. Yeah, so yeah, here's the requirements: you yeah. have to be a male. They don't they don't have female Swiss guard. Okay. You have to be Roman Catholic. Yeah, okay. of the Latin. That's right. obvious. Yeah, you must be a citizen of Switzerland. Yeah, we're Hence all out. The name Swiss, Swiss Guard. You got any inter- Can interesting? Can I appeal for like interesting that? information here? Because I mean, all that seems just pretty obvious. A dual citizen. You have to be at least one point seven meters tall, which is about five foot seven and a half. Oh, so I got that covered. Six foot yeah. one. Yeah. Most people do. Yeah. I got a Swiss Army knife. Does that count for anything? No. no. You no. must be between the ages of nineteen and thirty. Okay. I'm I'm done. However, if you're, you're a re- done. if you're a retired yeah. guard over the age of thirty, and in an, in an emergency situation, you could be redrafted. If you're a former guard, if you're over thirty, hmm. you must be single. Yeah, that makes sense. However, if the guard is over twenty five years of age, he can get married while in the Swiss Guard, but not prior. So you have to be single when you enter. So if you enter at 19, once you hit twenty five, you can get married as a Swiss Guard. So okay. if you're a Swiss guy right now and you're listening to this. You know, this podcast in Switzerland in Switzerland and you're checking off all these things and you want to meet nice looking ladies. Yeah. And you saw how big I was on YouTube. Oh, yeah, my swole. goodness. You got to be swole. around like that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, start modeling yourself after <laughs> Ryan Delacrosse. <laughs> just not just don't be for But if you get married while you're in the Swiss Guard, you have to commit to an additional three years of service. Oh, really? Gotcha. So. All right. Let's just back up here. 
what, what, what's the deal? Why are the Swiss guarding and what are they guarding? Like, I mean, they wear these things and, you know, you're like looking at it and you're going, how did this start? Why Swiss? Where did it all come from? I mean, is it, is it related to the cheese? It's not related to the cheese. <laughs> but do I love you look Swiss hungry. cheese, dude? You look oh, hungry. So I saw hungry. that in your eyes, dude. Swiss cheese. You're like, Swiss. now, yeah. I can't confirm this. I have to do a little bit more research on this. But the Swiss guard, you know, the Swiss have traditionally been neutral. Yep. Right. Neutral country, yeah. But they're a neutral Catholic country. And because of that, the, the Pope was able to trust um, the Swiss as personal protectors of Politically. himself. Because they wouldn't have a political, mm. you know, they wouldn't be supporting this candidate for the Holy Roman Emperor against, you know, yeah. this king of France or whatever. They were, they were only dedicated to the protection of the Holy Father. Mm. Uh, you know, good idea. There was, um, there was a how long? What's how long ago did they start? Been around at least five hundred years. Mm -hmm. I mean, wow. Da Vinci himself decorated or designed their uniforms. That's cool. None and of them the were white. Transept of the arm of of St. Peter's Basilica in the courtyard in the plaza, the piazza. Um, you on the left hand side. There's actually a museum. So if you ever wind up in in St. Peter's Basilica, make sure you go check out that museum and check out their history. That's right. There is a very very famous battle. It's called the, the Stand of the Swiss Guard. That happened on May 6, fifteen twenty seven, when Habsburg forces, who kind of were the, the, the family that supplied a lot of the kings to the different nations of Europe at the time. Um, they were coming in to invade Rome and to capture Pope Clement because he wasn't supporting their cause in one thing or another. And their troops came in and they slaughtered most of the Swiss Guard. But the Swiss Guard, like I think, let's see, hmm, can't find the number, but there wasn't, there wasn't very many of them, right? Mm -hmm. And they stood up to this army and long enough for uh, Pope Clement to escape outside of a secret tunnel, which we mentioned in another podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Pretty cool. That is very cool. Mm -hmm. SwissGuard.com. I wish I had Swiss Sign guards all around me everywhere I went. That would be kind of cool. You yeah, got so, us, man. Eh, you eh, saw how big I was. I'm, eh. But you're old. Dude, you're, you're just old. too old. I'm in the Italian God. <laughs> Lay around, sleep. <laughs> eat potato chips. Eat potato chips. Have a little lino. All right. You know what else you can eat? What? During Lent. Wendy's. An obscure Catholic rule yeah. gives a dispensation during Lent that you can eat muskrat. <laughs> oh, so it is penitential. Alligator. Alligator's not that bad. No, it's good. It's like chicken. Uh, I mean, we're Floridians. I mean, we've it's had the chicken of, of the swamp. You know those those uh, fried alligator mm -hmm. nuggets? They're good. Ooh, I've had poppers. Those, the poppers. Poppers. Alligator yeah. poppers. Beavers and capybaras. Beaver. What's a capybaras? Little mammal-y deal. Pretty Rogan. cute. Yeah. Kind of. Ew. It's cute. Ew. Why would you want to eat something cute? Never seen a cow. Cows are cute. So what's the what's the purpose here? I mean, is it, is so, it because they they know that like this is nasty stuff or what? No, so it's essentially because of you know more you know more antique ways of looking at the at the classification of animals. These animals were primarily aquatic mammals. So when they were saying you can't eat anything that was you know meat on on Friday, they were considered according to the church and the bishops of the time as aquatic animals. So these are mammals that swam in water. Now, alligators, that's a special dispensation given in Louisiana. But these ones, <laughs> you, know, up in, uh, you know, like in Wisconsin and the upper Midwest, 
muskrat is a big thing on Fridays. Oh my gosh. So it's a cultural dispensation, not a penitential. We should go up there one of those Fridays during Lent and have a little muskrat. That would be a cool show. I like that Eating idea. muskrat. Eating with muskrat. The- if you want to see us there eating muskrat, just let us know in the comment section below. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> that, that'd be pretty gross. <laughs> I'd do it. I would do it. I'll eat anything, dude. Yeah. I had uh, blood sausage in Spain one time. That's good stuff. Well, I like the blood sausage in the UK, but... It was like this thin layer of skin, and I bit into it, and the blood exploded in my mouth. Ew. It was kind of like, ew. 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 No, I, I like the uh, the bone marrow stuff that's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, bone marrow is pretty, yeah. You know what else you could eat? There was a monastery in the 1600s in France that they found a loophole, and they ate penguins, puffins. Really? Mm. Yeah, because it was ruled. I what that tastes it, like. it was yeah. ruled because their natural habitat is more oriented towards aquatic nature than towards terrestrial. So they're essentially- So I'm starting to see that thread. Essentially, they're considered fish or Mm. aquatic animals, so they don't fall under the traditional ban of not eating meat on Fridays. I do wonder what it tastes like. We're going to have to Google Google that. Puffin. Now, you know, if in in some dioceses with, um, you know, large Irish-American heritage, they'll also give you a dispensation- um, on a Friday to eat corned beef if St. Patrick's Day falls on a Friday. Yeah, I've done that yeah, many I've done times. That too. Now, mm-hmm. I'm now, always torn. I'm like, should I celebrate or, you know? My thing is, is if it's a feast day. Yeah, like St. Joseph falls in. St. Joseph, like the man. Annunciation. Yeah. You know, these feast days are meant to be celebrated. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. You know, I, rec- I recall the great three years. It was like the golden years of my life and my formation at Ave Maria University. And like everything stopped when it was a big feast day, like the yeah. Immaculate Conception or the Feast of the Annunciation. And yeah. we celebrated with music, food. It was just a true cultural experience. And we need to bring that back right. to our parishes, to our families and really give a sense of yeah. we're celebrating here even in the process of Lent. why we're celebrating i think lent it almost it almost em- emphasizes the reality of feast yeah. even greater because it is during a season of penance yeah that's like, something like mothering pe- sunday the kind of concept behind that is it, yeah you know, yeah yeah i mean i i with, with we got five small kids so they're running around like crazy you know getting them out at the table and celebrating it's difficult now but Something to look forward to later. You As know, they get of, a little bit older. Yeah, the Bishop of Cleveland would give a dispensation that if you were at the at the stadium, you were allowed to eat a hot dog on a Friday in Lent, but only if you're at the stadium. Oh, that's cool. That's great. That's so so these dispensations for food are are, are very cultural. Absolutely. Very they're they're the local ordinaries. applications of of either mercy or the encouragement of a celebration great. or the life of the of the faith. I love it. Mm-hmm. I so love it. we got one more that I want to talk about. Uno mas. Yeah. Who's your ordinary father? Who's my ordinary? Bishop Felipe Estevez. That's right. So, you know, one of the things with um, the way the church operates is that all the Episcopal areas have an ordinary in their structure and there's rules that help to govern them. Mm -hmm. So so in the catechism, the 1917 catechism, the one that was abrogated by the updates in the 60s, there was a rule that any newly discovered land fell under the jurisdiction of the bishop from where the expedition originated mm-hmm. from. So that's sense. so that's why, you know, you know, in in South America, a lot of those before they be, were erected as their own sees were under the jurisdiction of a Spain. Yeah. The Pinta, the Santa Maria. Hey, that's a great song. I, I think of like the Diocese of St. Augustine. That's too. right. 
I mean, because we were we were colonized by the Spanish as well. Yeah. And, you know, you look at how the church governs her missions. It's pretty fascinating stuff. Yeah. So what happened on July 20th, 1969? Um, Disney World was built? No. no. That, but you know, you're not too far off geographically. Disney World. Oh, oh, uh... Man on the Moon. Man on the Moon. Man on That's right. That's right. Bam. Bam. Mm. Nice, so where did dude. that mission originate from? Huh. Cape Canaveral. Which is in the Diocese oh, yeah. of Orlando. Of Orlando. Orlando. Formerly the Diocese of St. Augustine. That's right. Now, which the, the Diocese, Diocese of, of Orlando mm-hmm. was uh, founded in 1968 or mm-hmm. erected in 1968. The mission launched in 1969. And therefore, since the mission originated to the moon of newly discovered territory, hmm. The Bishop of Orlando is technically the Bishop of the Moon. Bishop Noonan. Did you he know was, that? He was my rector Dude, in the seminary. So awesome. I love Bishop I love Bishop that Noonan. guy. Yeah, he's, he's a, a great guy. guy. Yeah. You know, and what I think is cool also is, you guys know the name of the cathedral that's down so there. Cool. What's that the name cool. of the cathedral? Mary Queen of the Universe. No, that's no, the shrine. that's a shrine. The shrine. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, You're that's right. a the shrine. shrine. Yeah. yeah, and, and that's, that's... That's an impressive shrine, and that's very close to Disney property and Universal. We were talking about that last night, weren't we? Yeah, it's a beautiful... Beautiful area. There's a nice rosary garden. So Mary Queen of the Universe comes from the, you know, is in the same territory with the Bishop of the Moon. It's a very, it's a very interstellar Catholic uh, experience down. It's universal. So now, but there's a controversy. Now, technically, because the the launch to the moon was, uh, you know, from a NASA property, does that fall under the jurisdiction of the Archbishop of Military Services? Ooh. And, and if was so, there a to-do about this? Yeah. They, they were arguing question. over it? Yeah, there was a... I want to be the Bishop of the Moon, not you. Doesn't count. Well, let's arm wrestle for it. <laughs> I'm so, sticking with Bishop Noonan because I know I him know, personally. I know, like, yeah, I I know the Bishop of the Moon. Oh, like, cool. yeah. yeah, so I think... So, there, you know, there's a canonical discussion as to whether or not the Archbishop of the Military Services or the Bishop of... Of Orlando is actually technically the Bishop of the Moon, but I don't think either of them have exercised their Episcopal rights. So, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I don't think we're They're too far off. With it. No. Yeah. yeah. But what if there were people there? But if it's true, if it's true, then the Diocese of Orlando is the largest diocese by land area in the entire yeah. world. Yeah. The, the, the entire, entire universe. 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 Entire universe. In all of everything. Yeah. In all of everything. Bishop wow. Noonan. There you go. Oh my goodness. He doesn't even know. He has no Oh, he knows. Maybe he knows. They know. You, you don't become the bishop of Orlando and not, you know, joke around with By everybody. Hey, guys. I'm the bishop of Orlando. By the way, I'm also the bishop of Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> Shh. Don't, don't tell the military the services guy. <laughs> and let me build you a church. Now, yeah. the queen of the universe yeah. shrine is one of my favorite shrines. They have a beautiful bronze statue, very large bronze statue of Joseph in the, like, um, you know, the place where they're in the workshop, right? Yeah. And there's this big table, and he's just gazing at Jesus, who's standing on the table, just kind of playing with, you know, a hammer or something like that, which kind of leads to our next discussion. But the gaze that he is staring at Jesus is so beautiful. It is beautiful. And I love my, my favorite beautiful area to pray there next to the rosary garden outside inside when you walk into mary queen of the universe in orlando and if you find yourself in orlando guys make sure if you you know to stop by mary queen of the universe it's a beautiful church it is 
And when you walk in on the left-hand side, there's a little chapel. And a lot of times they'll celebrate, you know, smaller masses, gatherings, but it's dedicated to the Blessed Mother. And what's unique about it is it reminds me of like Sagrada Familia in Barcelona, which I've never been to. But there was such effort to create coloring. And there's this beautiful stained glass of all these various colors and shades of blue. And it creates a beautiful setting of prayer. Ambiance. That is the ambiance. Ambiance. Throughout a lot of history, the you know, medical sciences really aren't where they were today. <laughs> and, and, you and, think? and it was really a lot of times hard to discern if a person had actually passed, um, whether or not, you know, their heart was still beating or their breathing was so shallow that it could be detected by the, <laughs> by the kind of spotty medical, you know, um, yeah. knowledge of the time. So when the Pope died, one of the, the rituals is that the Camerlengo would take a silver hammer and tap the Pope on the head. Nice. Three That's times. Good. Right. And then each time he'd call out the Pope by his baptismal name. Like- <laughs> not, by, not by his, you know, papal name, but by his baptismal name. Wow. And if the Pope did not respond after three times, the Camerlengo would officially say, uh, the Pope is truly dead. And then at that point, they would read the De Profundis. Huh. And that was the ritual to guarantee that that the Pope okay. was actually dead. I'm just picturing, I'm just picturing like the Pope's secretary calling down Thor's hammer. Like, no, it was a very small hammer. A small hammer, so it didn't have a. Now, did you guys ever hear the song <laughs> "Maxwell Silver Hammer" oh, by the Beatles? Fly. What what song by the Beatles? Maxwell Silver Hammer by the Beatles. No. Bang oh. bang, Maxwell Silver Hammer came down upon his head. Mm-hmm. Maxwell Silver Hammer came down upon his head to make sure that he was dead. Now, I secretly think that Paul McCartney knew of that song and wrote it right around the time um, that um, a Pope had died and understood that to make sure that someone was dead, you hit him with a silver hammer. So I think Paul McCartney knew that, and Paul McCartney was raised Mm. Catholic. Mm. So I think the secret origin of Maxwell's silver hammer is the papal hammer to the head. Random Mm. information from the brilliant mind of Ryan Shield. That is amazing. But see, you know, there really was the fact that a lot of people died and they weren't sure that they were dead. And it was a massive massive fear. We just kick people in the gut, (laughs) you know? And that's if we like them. Now, and you had to make sure that someone was really dead because being buried alive during the mid ages. Oh, middle-aged. that was a real thing. Uh, that was a real thing. Uh, you know, they used to build graves. You want to make sure the guy's oh, dead yeah. before you put him in the. They ground. used to build graves, but they uh, a shaft in it with a bell so that you could ring in case you got buried alive. Oh, that's just mm-hmm. weird. Now, here's a, here's some random information. Now, what's the in the history of the world? What's the second most read Christian document? Second most read Christian. Document. Oh, uh, is it uh, Thomas? Um, is it uh, life imitation, of imitation imitation of Christ? Imitation of Christ. Imitation Thomas, Thomas, yeah. I was going to say Kempis. the lives of the saints. No, Thomas Kempis. Thomas Aquinas. Really? It's a beautiful. No, oh, yeah. No, what's interesting? It's not Saint Thomas Aquinas. Hmm. It's Why? true. Why are you asking? No, I'm telling. You're telling. But you know, it's not Saint Listen. Thomas Aquinas. It's just Thomas Aquinas. And you would are wonder. Are you listening, Ryan? I'm listening. Put your phone down. He's looking at the scores of the Astros game. <laughs> So, you know, you would think that the person who'd wrote this amazingly influential book would have found his way to the sainthood by all accounts. He was a very, very holy and pious man and wrote very influential oh, things. Yeah. But, you know, when they when they go about the canonization process, they exhume the body to see if it's, you know, incorrupt. Well, when they exhumed Thomas Akempis, they saw on the top of his casket, on the inside, scratch marks. <gasps> 
which they conjectured oh, that he was no. buried alive. Now, being buried alive is, you know, there's no grounds to not make you a saint. Bless America. Oh, that is so freaky, dude. Now, listen. God bless what is America. wrong with these people? Now, How do they not know if somebody's dead? They said that because there are scratch marks on the casket, he was not resigned to his fate and his death and was not accepting with the grace. Oh, so they God. kind of stopped the canonization process oh, there. Oh, God bless. That's, that's ridiculous. I just want to beat somebody up. Now, right some now. of that's <laughs> with a silver hammer. With a silver hammer. Yeah. So that might be a little bit apocryphal, but there's probably some truth to something along those lines. Uh, although I think there has been some more, you know, at least I've seen some more people talking about possibly trying to push this cause for along, but yeah. that's the story. But so, you know, if he had been hit in the head with a silver hammer, maybe he had not been buried alive and it'd be imitation of Christ by St. Thomas Kempis. Now, what yeah. would, what, what would you have done? I mean, if you got, if you're the guy wielding the hammer with Thomas Kempis, would you going to give him a knock like... I say, Tommy, 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 you still there? Did they do that back then? I thought it was just with the Pope. It was just with the Pope, but it was also to avoid that exact situation. Oh, now they do. um, John Paul II um, got rid of that. So now, yeah, because you have like, you know, what is it? EKGs or whatever they call it. You can see that. Oh, there's so, yeah, there's so many. (laughs) So now what they do is they put a simple, they put a simple nursing school, right? Yeah. yeah, So now what they do when the Pope dies (laughs) is they call him by the Christian name. And then if they do not respond, they put a white cloth over their face and then say the Pope is dead. They don't, they were, they weren't, they don't smack Popes in the head with a hammer anymore, which, you know, it's a good thing or a bad thing, depending on where you come down on the whole being buried alive. Poor Thomas. Yeah. Mm. Poor Thomas. But you know what? I mean, it's got to be one of my worst fears, though, man. It's like, like you know, you the imagine? guy, if the guy, the guy is Well, you should accept it. it with grace, otherwise, it's not going to be, you know, St. <laughs> yeah. Richie Pagano. <laughs> I don't if, think I'm ever going to be entering the canon, especially after this show. Yeah. I mean, if you do get into that situation and you're trying to dig your way out, don't use your nails. Just yeah, punch it, through. It, like, <laughs> like, like kill Bill, you know? And just try to punch your way through. That way, you know, if you make it out, you're cool. And oh, if you yeah. don't make it out, you know, your cause is still open. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How to escape a casket. All right. You know, and so, you know, those are some obscure Catholic rules. But, yeah. you know, the, the people who say that the church has too many rules don't really understand the rules, the nature of rules, and how rules are not really about limiting a person. They're about freeing a person and giving them a framework and a context in which they can operate in their own safety and for their own maximum goodness. Yeah. That's why the church has rules. And and some of them change over time. I mean, it's like, you know, you don't need a hammer when you have technology. So the spirit of that rule That's or right. the spirit of that tradition still lives, but, you know, we have other means of determining if somebody's dead. Yeah, and Bishop you know? Barron had a really excellent analogy about how um, a river, you know, the stronger and deeper the banks are, the faster that river flows because it's, confining it and focusing its energy. And I always love that analogy for rules that it really makes, you know, the stronger the rules, the more focused a person can be. It eliminates things that are distracting and eliminates things that are are, are um, dangerous to a person. You know, yeah. rules on a highway are important. They're not to limit speed, they're to maximize safety. And I think that's the understanding of rules in the church that people often miss. Yeah, It's not a no, it's a, it's a paternal... Um, care thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when we think about rules too, where would we be without them? And rules, It'd be freaking anarchy, it would Padre. Be anarchy. And, and where you wouldn't feel safe and you wouldn't feel secure. And there would be no sense of peace. 
right? You know, peace is a discipline that we need to work toward. And each of us have a responsibility to build a peaceful world that we envision and we long for. And the only way to do that is by being disciplined according to the rules that govern us in love and proper behavior so that we could have greater harmony in I'm the world. I'm just thinking about my family right now. I'm thinking about food at the same time too. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I'm thinking about the rules in my family and how, oh, that how they work so well. That's why it's like just so peaceful in your house. It's always peaceful. There's just like a, a common tone, like a clang. You know, clang. <laughs> I, st I stay at the Della Crosses and I was just telling Ryan last night that it's one of the places in the world that I sleep the best. And even though it's, you know, these kids are loud, they pull on my beard and whatever. I sleep great there because it's his kids, not my kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, man, I can There's go to sleep and those kids can do whatever. And that's on you. Yeah. <laughs> There's a sense of gratitude that just overwhelms you. Yeah. Yeah, I know. All right. Yeah. So, you know, those are the, you know, those are a little discussion on the rules of the Catholic yep. Church that are yep. kind of weird and obscure. And there's a lot more, you know. Yeah. But now we're going to ask you something. It's time for the Inquisition. <sighs> you did good. You did good on the last one. I did? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. We're going to, we, we kind of, we sharpened our pencils. I now this we one, had something here. Now this Just one, so you know, I have no idea what these guys are going to ask me. Mm -hmm. I think half the fun of this segment is that mm -hmm. seeing Father Rich's perplexity and almost almost a little bit of disgust at me when I ask these questions. He's like, what is wrong with you, Shield? Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if you're listening to the podcast, watch it on YouTube. It's a good part of the podcast. All right. So YouTube I'm ready. Podcast. You ready, Padre? I'm ready, Shield. All right. Now, this one is not so much of a, a stumper, right? This one's really about practical application. Okay. The church teaches. Talking about praxis? Praxis? <laughs> Talking praxis. about praxis? Practice? <laughs> Not a game. <laughs> praxis. Praxis. And this is a shout out to Allen Iverson. Dude, yeah. if you're listening right now, you are my greatest, most favorite basketball player of all time. Yeah. You Dude, know, and Father Rich, all, oh all, he always does this too. He tries to, he tries to avoid well, it. Well, we didn't ask the question You're yet, not so resigned to your fate, man. You're scratching right now in the <laughs> metaphorical <laughs> casket of the question. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Oof. Okay, Get so. I'm being buried alive here. Murder and violence towards a human being. Okay. I think that's clear that that's against the rules of the Catholic Church. Most death. And natural law. Right there in the Decalogue. That's right. Thou shalt not kill. Now. Don't do it. Zombies. Zombies? What's the morality behind killing zombies? Just war theory. What's that? Just war. Just theory, war dude. theory. You know, look, if there's a zombie coming at me mm -hmm. or any one of my flock, mm -hmm. and as a good shepherd, <laughs> I'm going to knock that zombie out for good. You better believe it. Well, how do you know the zombie comes to do harm? Oh, it's pretty clear. I think there's stages of the just war. Have you ever seen theory. Like, a zombie? On like, <laughs> like the Walking Dead, <laughs> like the Walking Dead. I have or a any filter of these, like, on my phone that makes <laughs> they one. Trained you into a zombie? Yeah, you, these zombies are not left up to their own, uh, their their own personal judgment. Mm. The zombie apocalypse. Yeah, dude, I'm laying them out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no issue of killing a zombie. No issue you, you of killing. A all right, so for all you Catholics out there, for close combat. Yeah. For all you Catholics out there, Padre says it's okay to. Smote uh, zombies. Good. So this is the good Catholic job, Padre. Talk show. Did, did I get that one too? You, you okay. did good yeah, on that. I think that was good. a straightforward. I was pretty answer. confident. Like you know, yeah, you gotta yeah. kill yeah, the you're, getting, you're getting really confident. I'm gonna have to get. Yeah, I'm gonna man. have to come up with something Oof, real messed yeah. up next question. I always think you it's get me gonna nervous be good. every time. I know. Yeah. 
<laughs> so thanks for listening to the Catholic Talk Show. This is Father Rich, Ryan, and Ryan. And uh, we are at Cast Media Studios in Hollywood. And if you want to listen to us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, look, if you go to CatholicTalkShow.com, you can find your uh, your listening or watching um, platform of preference, and you yeah. can follow us on Just all of click those. click on a link. And, um, you know, again, make sure that you leave comments on how we did on this show, what you what you liked, what you didn't like. What you want us to talk about. Yeah, if you have any ideas, there. Oh, yeah. any ideas for episodes or things you'd like us to talk about, um, you know, yeah. send them in. And yeah. uh, you know, thanks, thanks everyone listen. for listening. And yeah. even if you want to try an Inquisition. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh send in ideas send for the Inquisition. Ideas for the Inquisition. Yeah. I'll block Father from reading Ryan it. Ryan Shield, I'm Don't, just so it's disappointed. Come, you can't let Father Rich see this, so you have to send it through a form in the website, and we're going right. to put a secret <laughs> spot where you can nah, see I'll just, it. No, I'll, I'll just block him. I'm going to shadow ban him. <laughs> yeah. All right. Target his IP. Another good episode, boys. It yep. is. Absolutely. A lot of fun. God see bless you, you all, and thank you for joining us. Amen. Amen.